Mrs. Babe, you're ever so beautiful. You're the most beautiful pussycat in the world. And I love you above everything else. And tonight we're going to have a lovely dinner and some red wine together. And and we'll have a beautiful, beautiful night together. Because you're such a beautiful, beautiful pussycat. You really are a beautiful pussycat. Think it, she's gone I, over the edge. I know. This is what yeah. happens when you live alone. Oh, God. Yeah, alone for too long. What's her local number for her funny farm? Ah, oh, right, yes. Uh, funny farm 993. Right, okay. There's these evil people talking to me on my Hello? TV set. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Is that the Stacker Stories podcast? Hello, guys. <laughs> it's all right. We finished. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, dear listeners, one and all, to this, the latest in a long line of Staggering Stories podcasts. I'm Crumbly. I'm Jean. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. And I, yes, I am... On your absolute final warning. Absolute? <laughs> Do we understand each other? Absolute point one or, or absolute, absolute as in zero? Absolute zero. I yes. As, as, in, his... as in the temperature. Right, that's it. <laughs> no! Oof. I really thought he was on his last warning. <laughs> yeah, but then he smiles nicely and I go all gooey. <laughs> <laughs> and now the news with El Presidente. Woohoo! Doctor Who news. Ooh, oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Season 14 is back for more. Um, I thought we'd just seen that. The most recent classic Doctor Who box set, the season 14 Blu-ray collection, is to return to the shops for a second coming. So soon. This isn't a special edition re-release to get everyone to buy it again, but instead a targeted release of the same again due to unprecedented demand also known Mm. as many people failed to get their copies due to lockdown, even many who had pre-ordered, and this might stop them quitting on the entire range. (laughs) The UK UK re-release will happen on the 27th of July in the year of our coronavirus, with Australia getting their initial release on the 15th of July and the United States of America on the 4th of August. I think mm. this is a blooming good idea. I mean, I was very lucky in that someone I know had a spare copy and they were happy to sell it to me for the cost price. Um, hey, Bill. <laughs> no, it wasn't Bill. Um, <laughs> but I ordered this in January when it was first announced. And because the yeah, locker that it was getting delivered into for Amazon, because when I ordered it, I thought I'd deliver it in the locker nearest where I work, was in coronavirus lockdown, Amazon couldn't re-deliver it. And I don't believe I am the only person on this fair aisle that that happened to because people were locked out of their offices and what have you and Amazon were just awful at it but from what I can make out the pre-order release on this out weighed the order release there was a lot of people who through other companies as well were getting messages saying you know it wasn't going to be fulfilled amazon really let themselves down over this oh. you know you can't make a delivery you don't chuck it back into circulation you contact the person yeah, involved you, especially you it, yeah. in this situation yeah. i mean come on guys common sense and you couldn't even change your order no. 
Yeah. You couldn't yeah. you couldn't go into your order and say deliver it to a different address yeah. even a weeks before it's due to be delivered. Because that's what I tried yeah. to do. So you had to cancel it. I had to try and get <laughs> yeah. it because I knew it had gone. So I said, well, can you help send it to the billing address? Oh, no, you have to cancel and reorder. And they couldn't accept that it actually sold out by that point. You couldn't yeah. order, you could yeah. order yeah. it. Yeah. it. It was absolutely ridiculous. So I know other companies weren't that bad, but I know there was people from other companies as well who had pre-ordered it but the sale that the orders outstripped the sales um and they the were getting is, them over from um, america and that and not getting met the trouble is amazon is such a huge beast that customer service can fall by the wayside because yeah. they know that people will just keep buying from them well i have to say no. i won't be buying any more of these blu-ray box sets from them on pre-order i will be going to another zoom type company <laughs> but no this is really good news because i know a lot of people really did miss out on this one and it's such yeah. a popular season as well mm. did we yes we got that one we oh, got that this one. is yes, the talents of wang yeah. chiang season yeah, we got us. Yeah, I had to Sorry. go to my office to get mine. Mine was delivered to my office, so luckily somebody was there to take delivery. We preempted lockdown because, yes. you know, we're, we're intelligent and yeah. smart yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, had it delivered straight to our home address. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Keep it up. Sure, sure. <laughs> Next no, no. bit of news, good, please. Good on the BBC there. Good on the BBC. Yeah. DC yep. fans to get a virtual experience. The brothers Warner, but not the Warner sisters Dot, who is washing her hands of the entire franchise, (laughs) have announced what they are calling a free virtual fan experience that will take place online on the 22nd of August at 10am PDT, 6pm BST. So 10am for America and 6pm if you're in Britain. BBC, ITV, HMB. (laughs) The marketing experience will include adverts aka trailers for various DC multiverse offerings for your future buying pleasure including <laughs> Warner Brother games, the films, TV series, and even some comics. There will also Ooh. be behind-the-scenes videos and interviews with cast and crew. The CEO of Warner Brothers, Anne Sarnoff, said of this, With DC fandom, we're able to give fans from around the world an exciting and unparalleled way to connect with all their favourite DC characters, as well as the incredible talent who bring them to life on the page and screen. The content for the DC fandom will be available for 24 hours because there's nothing like artificial scarcity to whip people into a frenzy. So keep an eye on www.dcfandom.com. Yep, fandom. Apparently. Yep. Fandom. I'm not sure where the dome comes into yep. it. It's not fandom, it's fandom. Fandom, yes. F-A-N-D-C-F-A-N-D-O-M-E. I wonder if yeah. this will be anything like, is it Warhammer or whatever it was the other day that did a virtual thing that mm. got completely filled within about four minutes and there was thousands of people that couldn't get in? I think there may be problems with the website on the day, yeah. I'd be mm-hmm. <laughs> worried if I cared that much. Yeah, I don't really care that much about DC, I've got to admit. No. Uh, it, it does smack to me of something like trying to do something different. Admittedly, it's trying to do something different from the Marvel, yeah. but because Marvel seems to have all films sewn up yeah although obviously nothing's happening this year at the moment yeah yeah because because of reality Mm. indeed talking of reality ian holm dead Dead. yeah hobbit android and general all-round actor sir ian holm cuthbert has dribbled out the last of his nostromo milk aged 88 (laughs) 
A good innings. <laughs> yeah, not bad, not bad. Besides playing the antagonistic android Ash in Alien, yeah. Holm is also well known for having played both Frodo and Bilbo Baggins in The Lord of the Rings, namely Frodo in the 81 BBC Radio adaptation and Bilbo in Peter Jackson's trilogy. And a couple of the Hobbit films too. Other sci-fi fancy highlights of his include working on Time Bandits, Brazil, The Fifth Element, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein by Kenneth Branagh, and the BBC's The Borrowers. Yep. He's nominated or had won pretty much every acting award that exists. Yep. Yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> yeah, huge, huge CV that guy had. And he, I, I, he I have quite a down-to-earth actor, though, as well, because he did appear on comedy stuff and what have you. Oh, yeah. And he was yeah. an excellent Bilbo. He was. And uh, the uh, uh, fifth element, the priest that he played, had quite a large comedy element to him as well. Mm. Yeah, there was quite a lot of comedy to a lot of his stuff, wasn't yeah. there? Yeah, actually. Did we ever manage to get him for Doctor Who? I don't think he ever did, did he? I don't think so, no. I don't believe he did any Doctor Who, no. Close he got to, I think it was Borrowers. I don't think he did any Doctor Who, Blake, anything like that, unfortunately. No. I have an addendum. <gasps> oh, yeah. You, you call. I mean, this isn't really sci-fi Doctor Who-y, but what the hell, because it's worth a mention. Um, You talk about him having a vaguely good innings. Dame Vera Lynn <laughs> has died okay. at the age of 103. Now, that's what you call a good innings. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She yeah. lived in East Sussex, and um, I interviewed her once. And, mm. oh, she's a cracking woman. What an amazing life she had. And yeah, she, of course, provided the musical background for The Doctor Dances and the Empty Childs <laughs> and Victory of the Daleks. She was there, belting them out. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? How important she was to the Second World War. She's still around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Up until yeah. a week or so ago, however long it was. It was not that and long she, ago. And she'd broken her own record of being the oldest person to have an album in the charts. Because <laughs> she, she had an album really? in the charts at the age of 102 because she did a duet with uh, Catherine Jenkins, Jenkins from oh, really Christmas Carol. Okay. And wow. that her album went into the charts and beat her own previous record, which she set when she was about 93. So, you know, just a young, <laughs> a young whippersnapper. Wasn't Colonel Tom upset because his single with Tom Jones kicked her off of the charts recently and, it, and she was one of his favourites? <laughs> well, yeah, he, he, say, he said when he was in Burma... She uh, basically kept everyone going because she oh, she wow. she knew she knew she wanted to go out and meet the soldiers, <laughs> but she wanted to go somewhere where um well basically they'd been forgotten because the the guys in Europe and all that were they had lots of people going out to see them and the um home office said well it's going to have to be Burma then and so off she went mm. pretty risky thing to do yeah completely can you imagine oh. yeah any I have other, an addendum I was going to say any other addendums. It's remotely connected to what we do, but I think we should do a small shout out to Staged. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. oh I've not caught any of that yet. Have okay. you not? No. Get, get on it's the iPlayer and watch it's it. On iPlayer, it's yeah, yeah. wonderful. It's for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's David Tennant and Michael Sheen trying to rehearse a play via Zoom. On lockdown. And it's wonderful not, stuff. Actually, probably more accurate to say not rehearsing a play. Well, like yeah, it. yeah. Um, it's got Georgia Tennant. I can't remember the name of Michael Sheen's partner, but she's in it. The um, partners are wonderful, aren't they? Oh yeah. And I loved, I loved Georgia on the phone to her her birthing buddy, who she's helping. <laughs> her and David's sort of <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, totally oblivious to the fact she's trying to help this poor woman go into labour, have a baby, and do this really yeah. kind of like self centered kind of stuff we won't do any spoilers but there are a couple of um, crackers absolute cracking surprises in it 
I would have to say, watch out okay. when David's in the garden for the full-size yeah. TARDIS yes. that he's oh, got. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard about and that, yeah. And also, if you are offended by swearing because they didn't <laughs> quite cut the C word. <laughs> but Michael, Michael Sheen... Oh, I mean, Wild Man of Borneo. Oh, oh my word. That guy staring. takes lockdown hair to the next level. It, it also has to be pointed out that all Michael Sheen stuff is done in one location from his kitchen. Mm-hmm. While David Tennant is trying to keep away from about five kids. So he, you've got various shots around his house, garden, kitchen, uh, bedroom, front room, as he's trying to stay one step ahead of his family. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but they're um, half-hour episodes, and oh, you really should give it a go. They're not even half an hour, are they? They're about twenty minutes. Well, whatever. They're not very long. As a, uh, we yeah. watched the whole lot in one night. We did. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> is it finished now, or is it? Uh... Yeah, but it's I on. Think, um, I think it has. You can stream it. It's, it's, it's still on, on iPlayer. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. those in the UK, I'm quite sure it will probably appear on BBC America. If not, I suspect yeah, it will yeah. be on various <coughs> sites. <laughs> Any more news? Yes. I have another okay. addendum. Okay. We have we have an opponent or a, a, a companion piece for the head of Pertwee. Ooh. Apparently, you can now pick up a head of Deadpool. Oh, right. It's an animatronic head that quips at you during the day. If you talk to it, it will talk back. Can you imagine but... the head of Pertwee answering back? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We try and hit you with his uh, karate. Or... Exactly. <laughs> okay, and that's the end of the news. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Stop now. There's a good boy. We discussed this. What did I say would happen? We have been listening to audio. Yeah. We Stop have been... licking me. <laughs> <laughs> I lick can't. <laughs> In my mind. <laughs> Rodney Buse did it better. <laughs> And he blew up the Daleks afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> There's a confusion in my mind. She's made me disappear. Oh, no, there I am. Oh, oh dear. Hi, We've been listening to Blake 7, episode 1 of Big Finish Warship. She did that very grumpily, she I did, felt. yeah. This is Big Finish's first full cast, Blake. So before they'd done the Chronicles, oh. the yeah. Greater Chronicles, which had two of the main cast. Extended Audio talking books. books. So it was Paul yeah. Darrow, wasn't it? it? It was pretty much all of them. They all right. paired up for the various different ones. Uh, this is the first time they had all of them together. Yeah. Mm. I, th- I didn't realise this was... I thought um, when they started that it was Colin Baker doing Gareth Thomas. It I did didn't sound... Re- <laughs> I didn't realise it had... Um, From behind. It had uh, been recorded so long ago yes came out in january 2013 yeah yeah it's over seven years ago now one thing listening to big finish doctor who big finish um when you've got people like louise jameson and 
Callahan, Sophie Aldred's Janet mm-hmm. Fielding, they managed to find their character voices again. Like Louise Jameson said she took it up an octave. Yeah. Sophie Aldred's yeah. voice really hasn't changed that much, and the same with Janet Fielding. But yeah. some of the Blake 7 cast sounded so old. Really? I thought Blake did. Blake, yeah, Blake. Callie and Villa, for my mind, oh, okay. I all, didn't sa- all sounded others. quite old. Okay. I think the ones that come out of it best was Paul Darrow. His voice hardly seemed to have changed. And Sally Nevette. <laughs> uh, Sally yeah. Nevette. And yeah. I did enjoy Villa. I think he recaptured, Villa recaptured the character oh, recaptured quite the almost character. instantly. Yeah. Except yeah. I kept I'm seeing... Him, very easy to write for, I think. I kept seeing him in a dog collar, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Villa and Serverland were basically the two that I recognised the character by their voices rather than by the character, if you know what I mean. As soon yeah. as they spoke, I knew who they were, Having rather than having to wait what they were saying to work out who the character was. Mm. I didn't think it was uh, Gareth Thomas doing... Rog Blake at first really? either. Really? Yeah, I was sitting there thinking, sounded oh, it's like Colin Baker. Yeah, it sounded like someone doing an impression of him more yeah. than it was him. And mm. and him and Colin have got very similar inflections in the the way they speak. And I just thought that that's who it was. But <laughs> you know, we all get old, don't we? I didn't. I personally <laughs> didn't have that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but not you. You're you. You're still. No, no, no you're still wonderful. <laughs> I didn't have so much trouble with Gareth Thomas because I'd recently heard Storm Warning, which was the eighth Ah. Doctor one with him in. I yeah. recognised the voice, but yeah, it was a lot older. I've been listening to other Blake Summers recently, newer ones, yeah. which Blake isn't in. Mm. So maybe the other voices weren't quite so different to me. Mm. Whereas right. I hadn't heard a Blake one for a while. So, That's the yeah, thing, we'd only just out. finished watching, hadn't we? Yeah. So when they were all young and chipper, so it was a bit of a bit of a yeah. shock. <laughs> yeah, we went straight like from, 30 straight from the TV though, series well, to yeah, this. Exactly, yeah. Jesus, they're all, they're all in their 70s now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a, yeah. Well, those are alive. Yeah. As a story to launch the um, new Big Finish audio, as it was then, I really enjoyed this. It it left... Yeah. It was a really good story about using Liberator Aisley as she was, which is a warship, because when we first see it, it's a, from a wreck... Well, not a wreck, but it's abandoned from a space Bandit, battle. Yeah. 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 And yeah. we know it's actually a warship. It was designed as a battleship as much as it looks beautiful. And that never really was explored in the series, whereas here it actually comes into its own. Hmm. And I love the whole manipulation between Serverland and Blake and basically the the game of poker as it ends. Who's going to blink first? And I think it really, really leads you in because I want to know what happened next. Well, because this was um, immediately (laughs) after Star 1, the end of the first season, second second season. By the, when the third season started, Blake and Jenna were gone and we now find out how yeah yeah exactly. so this this filled the interseason gap and it did it really well and it's mm. such a shame they didn't make it's, it as an episode it's like Star Wars mm. to a certain extent not Star Wars uh, Solo it's, Rogue One-ish. Yeah, it's, Solo, yeah. it's like Solo we don't necessarily need to have this gap filled because we know what's happened because the end of the second series you saw the beginning of the battle mm. uh, the beginning of the third series you saw them physically abandoning Liberator yeah. the first couple of scenes yeah the first couple of of scenes is still (laughs) aboard the liberator so it didn't really need to be shown but 
it was a spectacular. It was. It was yeah. so very, very good. And I have to disagree with Gene slightly. Do you want me to deal with him now, or should we hear him out first? <laughs> Let's hear him out first. Okay. You did see the Liberator as uh, a warship, a battleship. Certainly, uh, the beginning of Duel. They couldn't afford to show it as a battleship. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have to yeah. point out the episode that I discovered where the guy had gone and re CGI'd it. Yes. 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 So yeah, it, it's the yeah. fact that the budget wouldn't put go as far as to show it so as a battleship. It was a battleship off camera. Yeah. Yeah. They just <laughs> yeah. sat there and talked about it <laughs> and occasionally <laughs> wobbled. Yeah. Yeah. This is the joy of audio. You can make oh, yeah. a battleship 24 <laughs> 7. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can physically show or at least hear what the full weight yeah. of the Liberator another was. Another good thing about the audios, and I now want to listen to more Blake 7 audios, by the way. I've, I've got to go out and buy some now. Well, I've, I've this them, is actually know. only £4.99 for the actual CD or £2.99 oh. for the download on Big Finish's site. Anyway, the plug, plug. Ex- excellent thing yeah. about the audio, as we found with Doctor Who, is uh, the female characters who, quite frankly, were poorly done by, mm-hmm. apart from the odd few episodes, really had stuff to get their teeth yeah. into. Yeah. Mm. If this had been broadcast, Callie wouldn't be going down with Blake... Yeah. And putting her foot down and making sure she's uh, doing what she wants to do. She'd be sitting looking bored at the teleport. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think it's a mixture between it written in a more modern time and there's no way mm. you could do that. But also they were there for eye candy as much as anything else. And you can't do eye candy on an audio. So they've actually got <laughs> to put words into their mouth or we don't know they're even <laughs> there, which is better for female characters because you, you can then create a character rather than just rely on, on the look of the person. Hmm. The writer was saying he tried to give every character their own big scene in this. Yeah. Whereas often in the program, a lot of characters didn't get a lot to do a lot of yeah. the time. Whereas here, he, as he, they'd gone to the expense of bringing them all back, which yeah. is no small expense, he wanted to get each of them to have their moment. Yeah. And I think well, he did. I mean, it's a it's actually... problem we found with Doctor Who, isn't it? You know, the bigger the cast, the harder it is to actually give everyone a bite of the cherry without then making all the parts small, if you know what I mean, rather than mm. one or two parts yeah. meaty, um, which is why you then get stories that go on themes of someone story. Who yeah. did the voice for Zen? Alistair Locke. Alistair Locke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was Alistair. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, he did he Zen does, and he, he does. Yeah, does all the robot, all, all the mechanics, the yeah. computers. Um, I'm actually surprised that they actually got uh, Gareth Thomas back, considering his feelings towards Blake. Certainly at the end of the series. Time passes. Yeah. Time I think passes. It's, it's like like yeah. Leonard Nimoy with Spock. You know, yeah. it's sort of like yeah, okay. I was I was young and mouthy and had attitudes, but now I'm old and what the hell? It was fun. Let's do it again. Yeah. And also, the big Finnish people were fans, yeah. and they yeah. were going to give the characters their due, yeah. which yeah. the writers of the time didn't necessarily do. I've got to admit that. Th- there's also there's two other things in there. One is very obvious: is the bank balance. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also in the audio. From an actor's point of view, he probably gets more of a chance to explore the character because there isn't the visual or the physical to have to deal with. Mm. You are just doing it from mm. audio, which sometimes seems to give the actors more scope to actually get in- involved in the characters. So it might yeah. have been a, yeah. a more challenging oh, yeah. way to do it. Plus, he had done some of the Liberator Chronicles by this point. It isn't oh, like he's just come yeah. back just now. On the thing you were saying about them up on Big Finish, when we did the last podcast, I actually... Mm 
mm. went to have a look to see if these were on Big Finish, and none of the Blake 7 were available. So I actually audio, mm. I, I emailed yeah. them and said, is there a problem? And they said, oh, you know, because of the whole franchise. And as you say, you can now buy it again on Big Finish. So I wonder what's yeah. happened in the intervening period that they've actually got the um, the franchise back for them, that they you can buy them. Perhaps because you couldn't, under- for a little while, you couldn't get hold of them on Big Finish range. Well, really? Yeah. They're still releasing them now. The, the last one only came out a month or two back. Yeah. Maybe three or four months, which is the final one of, of the full crew ones they were doing. Mm. Because Paul Darrow died. Yeah. So I'd be surprised if any of them disappeared. Because they have oh, somebody selling them. Well, it is a complicated licensing thing. There is a yeah. Blake 7 company, yeah. or there was a Blake 7 corporation. So February 2020, Restoration Part 3 came out, the latest Blake 7. And, and anything involving Terry Nation always becomes complicated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, that's always the problem. That he created Survivors, didn't he? Yes. Yes. Because yeah. yes. that also was an ongoing thing, which I think is now finished for Big Finish. Yeah. I actually enjoyed the audio. I think more than I enjoyed the TV series. I mean, I, I like Blake Seven. I wasn't. It as was big very a fan budget of, limited. Yeah, I wasn't as big a fan of it as I was Doctor Who or a lot of other programs at that time. And rewatching it, I think I actually enjoyed it more rewatching it than I did watching it the first time round. But I really enjoyed the audio plays, and I think maybe it's because the characters, as you say, Callie and Jenna, are more rounded, more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a very typical Big Finish thing to do. The first thing they do with the full cast is they fill in that gap in the TV series, what happened between seasons two and three. It's only quite a small gap. Yeah. But it's it's something which people have wondered about for a while. What happened? How yeah. did Blake and Jenna happen to go off into a different escape capsule system and why weren't they seen in the beginning and all that? Well, this is something that bugs me, is Jenna had signalled Liberator to say, OK, I'm on this hospital ship, I'm not an emergency, pick up the others first. Mm-hmm. But they never went after her. They left her on this hospital ship yeah. and never bothered to go and find her. Mm. When they clearly could have done well, it's, yeah. be- it's because Avon was in charge at that point in time and he just didn't like her. Oh, fair enough, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, would... I don't know what was happening in the BBC back then. How did they not know that they didn't have Blake and Jenna for the next season? Well, surely they, they must have... have known. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they should have done. I mean, you've got the it whole thing. can't be that big a gap. Yeah, but then they were looking at Freeman... Oh, sorry, I can never pronounce her surname. Freeman Adjaman. That's it, joining Torchwood. Torchwood. But they forgot to actually ask her and she went off and got a contract <laughs> for something else. They kind of like just assumed it would be okay. Yeah. But because no one yeah. thought to get in there and contract her, she, you know, they've got other lives and they've got to have the bills coming in. But and it's, it's sometimes also dis- it's just, it's like the famous Carling Minogue thing, you know, when, when she was doing her interview and they said, and the interviewer <laughs> said, would you have liked to have been an assistant? And she said, they never asked me. And the guy just sort yeah. of stopped and said, if they had, she'd, I'd have worked around my tour. And it's like, seriously? (laughs) (laughs) You never actually bothered asking. When when the series was on, uh, the Terminal was the last episode Mm -hmm. of the third series, and that was it. Blake 7 was over, finished, done. They trashed all Mm -hmm. the sets. It was only because Bill Cotton watched an episode on that particular episode on telly and said, yes, we're doing another series. It was only at that it came down from above yeah and they had to yeah. scramble around and try Re- to create series four rebuild the set <laughs> very strange but no I, I would recommend listeners to actually buy or download i mean two ninety nine, three quid for the download um, yeah, and you can put it onto your mobile phone and listen to it yeah you'd pay that for something in a charity shop and this is well worth it <laughs> yeah, yeah it's yeah really is 
Right, we'd like to hear what you chaps think of the Blake 7 audios. You can write to us via show at staggeringstories.net. Okay. <laughs> you can also leave feedback on our Facebook page, <gasps> Staggering <gasps> Stories that. Facebook. That's yep, not a very clever title. Well, what else are you going to call it? <laughs> <laughs> Listener, we haven't played a game for a while, so being that we're sad individuals and out of practice, we thought we'd have a go of <laughs> things in five words. Blast from the past. Okay, Jean, do you want to go first? No, if you don't get this, you can't call yourself Doctor Who fans. I'll leave oh, now. Doctor Who then. <laughs> Immortal Time Lords, Angelic Acoustic Key. Time Lords is two words. No, it's not. <laughs> That's six words. Okay. Immortal Straight ti- away. <laughs> Immortal Time Lords, Acoustic Key. Is it uh, Harp of Rassilon? Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pete Davidson playing it so expertly. Oh, yeah. Those fingers have been up a cow, you know. Oh, and the arm. <laughs> Dexterous fingers. Go on then, Adam. Yeah. Okay. Awkward body swapper kills men. Awkward body swapper kills men. Mm. Yeah. Is this Doctor Who related? No. No. Ooh. Hmm. Let's think. Is it Star Trek related? No. Nope. Star Wars? No. Nope. Buffy? Babylon 5. No. Nope. Bab- nope. Babylon 5? No. Nope. Is it a movie related one? It is. Awkward body swapper kills men. Mm-hmm. Was it Was it made in this century? Avatar. Not Avatar, and it was made in the 21st century. Okay. See, this rings a really big bell, and I can't think what it is, but I think I know the film. Awkward body <laughs> A lot of people out there uh, shouting. Kills men. Is it one Have title? We... One, one word title? It's a particular character I'm after here, but... Yeah. Uh, but no, it's a multi-word title, in this Have... case. Do you know if we've seen it? I do know you've seen it. Were we with you when we saw it? Probably. Hmm. I can't remember. Probably. Is it something to do with Firefly? <laughs> no. Oh. I keep thinking the Hulk, but... Is it the Hulk? <laughs> Not the Hulk, no. <laughs> Hulk body swapper and it's from a film a film it is a is film. it a sci-fi or a fantasy film hmm bit of both maybe okay oh my word is it a marvel film no, no. sony i believe oh <laughs> i don't know no i give up <laughs> yep go on give up yeah yep. ruby roundhouse killer of men oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Might have guessed. Yes, we were with you when we saw it. Jean's collapsed. Oh, no. That's very good, actually. And awkward, because she yeah, was awkward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, okay. Small before the mother-in-law arrives. <laughs> Small before the mother-in-law arrives? Yeah. TV, uh, film, book. <laughs> TV. Dragon Egg? <laughs> no. Oh, uh, Melody Pond? Or, um... No. Is it who-related? It is who related? Mother in law. Amy, presumably. So yeah. small small before the mother in law arrives. Oh, little Amelia Pond. Little Amelia Pond. <laughs> go on then, husband, you'll go. A real boy in deep space. Or real boy in space. Real boy in, in deep space. space. Well, in space, because that's deep space. It's well, just, six. T- just take the A off. Okay. Real boy in deep space. So it's Peter Pan is a real boy. Yeah. So is it just but... the Doctor? No. 
Okay. Is it Will Robinson? No. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, Pinocchio's a real boy, isn't he? Pinocchio. Joe 90? No. Think of someone with a really big nose. Mr. Data. Yes. There you go. Commander yeah. Data. <laughs> it was Data. That was a very good one, actually. That was one of your better ones. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Usually, you know, Luca can get it and he can't yet control his own bowels. <laughs> <laughs> control other you. people's. <laughs> well from that picture he's definitely got some mind control going on yeah. <laughs> alright listeners um, we'd like you to send us your things in five words yeah. we promise not to look at the answers before we tell them to each other though you can send them to us via show at staggering stories dot net or you could share them on our Facebook page oh yeah and we'll yeah. all guess the answer and then yeah. you can come back and say ha ha you're all idiots this is the answer yay yeah. Hello, dear. What are you watching? Oh, I'm watching this really odd programme. It says, I mean, there's bickering going on, there's arguments, there's backstabbing, yeah, all manner of backhanded activities. Oh, and the really weird makeup and uh, oh, and the shoulder pads. Blimey, you've never seen such big shoulder pads. Oh, you haven't been watching an episode of Dynasty, have you, dear? No, this isn't Dynasty. This is Doctor Who, Frontier in Space. Right, this week's extravaganza yep. was a six-parter. Well, oh, yeah. really it was a 14-parter, but it disguised itself as a six-parter. <laughs> it just felt like Frontier. it was 14-parts. <laughs> Frontier in space. Jean's Frontiers. straight away, Uh-oh. I can tell that Jean didn't enjoy this one. <laughs> I haven't seen this one this century yep. and had forgotten a lot mm. of it. Yep. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was absolutely you, wonderful. You, you were saying there were drastic drashings in there, weren't there? Yeah, you yeah. Did, you said there wasn't drashings no, no, in it, but I'm, I was right. I was it's wrong. the first time in a long while that I've actually been right in a Doctor <laughs> Who argument. I, I somehow, I watched it when the Blu-ray came out a wee while back. I did mm-hmm. re-watch it for our review. <laughs> <laughs> you I've never seen it before Ooh. in my life, so it's my first time. My, my main question... They spend an awful lot of this story in prison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they do. Specifically, they really do. Especially Joe. Now, yeah. why halfway through did Joe suddenly turn into a ninja? Because the script required it. She started off in this, this blue denim outfit. With the shorts and the high boots. Yeah. And then suddenly she was in a ninja outfit, this mm. black crossover top and that. With completely yeah. different boots. Yeah. Again, yeah. still... Ha- I'd love to know what happened. Did Katie Manning go out on the lash wearing her costume? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Or she probably would have done. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all. <laughs> or perhaps finally the people imprisoning them actually thought maybe we should change their clothes because they keep hiding sonic screwdrivers yeah. well, and I mean, ways to cut metal. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> was good, wasn't it? It was attached to a they... shoe. <laughs> a bit James Bond. Yeah. We saw the Doctor in scrubs, didn't we? Did, we? we did, we did. sort of a, a pale blue ninja. Yeah, it, did, thing. it, it didn't look right. Judo thing. I was no, very, it, didn't look right. I, it distressed me until he had his cloak back and then I was all right. <laughs> so for anyone that hasn't seen this, does someone want to explain the plot roughly? Right, basically you've got two empires. You've got the Earth Empire and the Draconian Empire. Urgh. They had a war caused by that General Williams who was a total ass. But the war had ended and they had several years of peace. They had mm-hmm. trade going, they had exchange trips they set up embassies and all was going well until suddenly for some reason they started attacking each other's cargo ships and it looks like war was coming again but there was a third party involved 
and the cargo ships were actually being invaded by ogrons oh. using a special note that made people see their worst fears. Yep. We had seen now, the ogrons before, hadn't we, more recently? We had. We had. Day of the Dog. Not Day of the Day of the Dog. Which was the season before, I think. I had an issue yeah. with that, the whole part of the plot. Because mm. um, when Joe first hears the uh, the tone, she sees a drashing because they yeah. scared yeah. the living shit out of her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Are we expected to believe that every Everybody. single person yeah. on yeah. both the um, Earth ships and the Draconian ships were scared of humans or Draconians more than anything else? Well, yeah, it's yeah, a bit far-fetched. Yeah, I think it's a case of they they were built up like the the big bad. Like yeah. during during the seventies, it was the uh, Soviets and Russia. And... Yeah, but in, if I was fighting in World War Two, for example, I was a, a soldier in World War Two, and someone put the tone on me, it wouldn't matter if I was being held prisoner by the enemy. I would still either see a Tyrannosaurus Rex or a Big Daddy Longlegs. <laughs> I, I wouldn't see a soldier of the opposite army. So. Yeah. No. And were there no video cameras, no video footage of this stuff? Mm. Well, that's the, the, the ships presumably had sensors. There was a bit of a thing made of when one of the uh, Ogrons is captured. That's a, a plot revelation to yeah. the humans. Or, yeah. or was it? Had none of them been killed and captured before that? Or really? Apparently not. But but they're always taking the bodies camera. with them. And they did have cameras because the master, oh, the master, he was the uh, third party, by the way. The master yeah. was watching the, jo- the Doctor and Joe in the cell via a camera. While, while yeah. reading War of the World. While reading War of the Worlds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I th- it was quite nice that this didn't have the so and so of the Daleks in it or the Daleks of the such and such. It's one of the few occasions where the Daleks <laughs> have been involved, even if it's only towards the end, but not featured in the title. Yeah. But it was Earthshock like, wasn't it? it they was. just suddenly appeared. But the yeah. fact that we'd had the Ogrons only about five stories earlier. So as soon as you saw them, even though they were making out they were some kind of like, you know, mercenary gun for hire you kind of knew that the Daleks were there somewhere <laughs> yeah they they snuck them in at the end mm. and yeah they didn't but serve no. a great deal of purpose there's no reason why it couldn't have just been the master yeah the I Daleks think... didn't add anything to the story well I think it's to lead into the next one it is and when I was watching it I mistakenly thought the next one must be Day of the Daleks because it's all about peace conference but mm. no it isn't that's the previous season yeah, yeah. yeah that Day of the, the Daleks season. is the first one much more sense if... the Ogrons in yeah it would make much more sense if it was the other way around if mm. the so Day of the Daleks was the next one. This one's followed by Planet, planet, of, the planet, planet of the Daleks. Planet of the Daleks. With yeah. invisible with the, Daleks. With the, yeah. the, the ice, ice planet and um, What's that going to do with this? Yeah. Nothing. I, I think we, we uh, reviewed that one a little while back. Mm. We did, yeah. Yeah. Because it was an odd ending, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I yeah. immediately said, oh, I thought it was only a six-parter. And he said, and Keith said, it, it, is. it is. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. There's another six parts after that. Yeah, so it, it ends on a cliffhanger leading directly into... Uh, another... Another. That's what I mean by which, a, a six-parter, a fourteen-parter disguised yeah. as a six-parter. Which is again unusual. Yeah. There aren't that many. Originally, you used to get them. Sometimes the first scene, the last scene, would be the first oh, scene and the next. A lot in the black but and white. But once they went back in, once they went into colour, I think this was the first time they actually did that, where the last scene of the story literally directly yeah. fed into the yeah. next well, no, story. It probably is. They they used it again later. I mean, they used it. What's that one when Nissa? passed out at the end and it led us into kinder oh yes and don't and then, to doomsday and then you have the um it's not used very often though is it yeah no 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 i like that idea it links them together 
but it makes it really hard for Big Finish to leave another story in there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. And this is um, Roger Doctor Delgado's Zero. last story. This was, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. it wasn't planned to be, clearly. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah. I don't think he planned to die, but yeah. No, no. <laughs> no. But no. didn't he wear that big collar well? Uh, that was it, the, <laughs> the fashion, the there was Draconians had big shoulder blades or shoulder pads, and the humans had big collars. Yeah. The, the human outfits with the big shoulder bits remind me of 2000 AD. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Oh, so yeah. Strontium doggy or a bit yeah. uh, judge. Yeah. It reminded me more of Servalan. <laughs> Dressing for the occasion again. Yes. This was very much Russia v. America, though, wasn't it? It was a very much oh. Cold War. The Draconians are the Russians. Yeah. The humans yeah. are the Americans. No one trusts anyone else. What I took from this story was that military officers shouldn't be in charge of a damn thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, diplomats should be left Dr. alone. Military officers <laughs> should never be given the ultimate say in, in anything. Because that Williams guy, he'd started one war because he blew up yeah. an unarmed ship. And he was desperate to start another war. And I really didn't like him, even though you, he came good in the end. Well, you but, did comment that quite a lot during the story, I think. I think remember. I used yeah. the W word it, quite a, a bit, times, quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> the problem Wally. is when you're a professional soldier and your entire job is about fighting a war, you kind of like need one to fight. <laughs> Yeah, I did that's try why to, he shouldn't be in charge of anything. I, I did try to explain the fact that uh, we're the only people who sees the big picture. That's why you think he's uh, arrogant and he stunted. He knew but, he'd started another but, war and he I, wanted to start I, it I'm again. Not, I'm not going there. It's, no, I'm, oh, I'm backing he down. Was an awful, I'm, awful man. I'm backing down. <laughs> the present appeared to be okay, but yet then we find out they've got a the moon full of political prisoners. Yeah, mm. yeah. What's that the all peace, about? The peace party. Yeah. 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 It did something seem... Something rather yeah. corrupt or something rather sinister about the entire yeah. Earth government. It's the Federation. The whole Earth Empire seemed to be all peace, peace, wonderful and light, but... You step out of line, no matter what the reason. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. onto the moon for the rest of your life. Don't scratch the surface, don't scratch too hard. I do like the fact that this this is one of those ones where you can actually visit the locations, if ever you're in London, quite easily, and they're exceedingly recognisable. They're around the back of the BFI on the South Bank. Yeah, yeah. 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 A few days before lockdown, we were up at the BFI and we did see some of that area. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's the same locations they actually used for Day of the Daleks, I think. Yeah. yeah. And the quarry is actually in Red Hill. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's literally just up the road from us, yeah. yeah. Oh, good grief. Yeah. So those, after lockdown, the... we go out and recreate it. <laughs> all those yeah. concrete stairwells and everything and the underpasses are all still there. Bit yeah, now painted a bright yellow. Yeah. Let's talk about the spaceships. <laughs> we spend a lot of time on them, don't we? Yeah. yeah. We do. And the laws of physics were kind of used as guidelines <laughs> yeah, rather yeah. than... Not, not actually broken, just <laughs> bent what do you mean? Yeah. yeah, can he break the laws of physics? <laughs> well, for a start, the Ogrons smashed up the airlock door quite effectively. Yeah, yeah. And then they essentially put it back together and whacked some polyfiller around the edge, and that was meant to be airtight. There's a polyfiller that expands to fill the gaps. <sighs> <laughs> then you have the doctor disappearing down the side of the ship to fix the panel. Something. Oh, yes, on his yeah. little moonwalk. Yeah, and the smoke yeah. and sparks all going up not upwards nicely um, mm. you know assuming there's some gravity there <laughs> and then yeah. he, t- he takes out his air hose and I mean it wasn't quite as bad as the cricket ball to get momentum to <laughs> but it was it was 
a pretty close second using his air hose, like Wally used the fire extinguisher to, get, of, yeah. <laughs> to get some momentum. Mark you were thinking of what? Mark Watney from The Martian. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Theory it should work, although, yeah, I, the, the tubing involved seems a little uh, less than the ideal you, for the job. But. Yes. And you're also ignoring the hole it left in uh, Pertwee's helmet. Yeah, a massive big hole. <laughs> <laughs> he holds his breath, it's fine. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. oh, and did you also notice the uh, at the beginning when you you initially see the cargo ship pin-ups all over the oh, wall? Oh, yes. And then in when the, the master stole the ship, he'd taken them down again. <laughs> Oh, I hadn't noticed that. Okay. Yeah, they got they when, got cal- it, saucy calendars on the wall when it first <laughs> appears in the main cabin. Keith <laughs> noticed that. I, I was trying to absorb everything that was on the screen for yeah, the review. I bet you were. She had a nice set, didn't she? <laughs> oh, she may have been endowed. I, I didn't notice that far. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> I have to say, this one is one where I think there was a little bit of filling going on. It was kind oh, of almost God, like two episodes, two stories, because you always said that one half it's set with one side of the empire and half of it set with the other side but you could have easily lost at least one possibly two episodes from this oh easily I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree there because I, I felt this one flowed quite nicely I really oh. enjoyed it really? you did mention there's at least three cliffhangers that were exactly all, the same all the, yeah all the cliffhangers yeah. with the Ogrons Ogrons <laughs> <laughs> and it, does anyone I'd never noticed this before after 40 odd years of watching Doctor Who did you mm-hmm. spot Darth Vader in the John oh, Hermes title sequence yeah uh, when it's before doing Darth the Vader whole, invented yeah it's so <laughs> clever if you watch the title sequence it's green and then it's red oh, when, when you have, have the diamond. diamond with the yeah. diamonds forming you have you have the shape of Darth Vader's helmet there clear as day twice <laughs> and I, I think also someone mentioned once that uh, Darth Maul was actually the Pertwee title sequence yeah well yeah <laughs> I won't go into I'm that. designing an upper tattoo the background <laughs> of which was going to be that diamond pattern but made up with space instead <laughs> of colour I'm not sure I'll be using that as the background now <laughs> <laughs> giant helmet on your back eh? <laughs> anything else uh, no just the general issue I find with it is a lot of the time they were locked up is either Joe and the doctor locked up or just one of them or the master was locked up they were locked up either by the humans or the draconians or by or the by master both or by everyone <laughs> but when when yeah, Joe yeah, all the combinations in there when Joe was locked up when she was um, we had that wonderful scene where she's just talking non-stop to um, hide oh, the yes. fact that the doctor's managed to get out yeah. and I love that it's just the master wasn't at all suspicious oh he wasn't suspicious enough he actually leaned over and turned the volume down so he didn't have to hear us so yeah well yeah but it was just it was just katie manning's stream of consciousness chatting about everything yeah. and i really enjoyed it in fact part of the time doctor was still there he might have been out of the, the cell yeah but he, she he was, could have she... still replied a bit couldn't he ah oh, but he no, left. the master would have known that coming he was coming his voice direction. was coming from yeah, the acoustics yeah. yeah from his mono speaker yeah yeah <laughs> It's not bad. I mean, this is this is on Blu-ray, so you can watch it on the Blu-ray with the um with the um audio, which is quite amusing. And it is, it is actually visually, it's one of the ones that I think does look nice on the Blu-ray. The the sets, the costumes, and everything they benefit from it being mm. on Blu-ray. If you can get the Blu-ray copy um in the box set, if not, just the regular wires, one is fine. The, but uh, yeah, it's it's a very pretty story. <laughs> I think also the Draconians, uh, for a one-shot race, they've stood mm. out pretty quickly. I mean, they yes. kept on cropping up in the comic strips in the magazine and, and various books. 
Yeah, surprising. They're only have only ever appeared in one yeah. one story. Yeah, they're a lot bigger than that. Have we yeah. ever have Big Finish or the comics? Because the doc oh, the yeah. Doctor met them before. Has that story ever been covered? I don't think so. That's a shame because he he was a uh, he was respected by them because he helped them out of a, well, yeah, was it a famine yeah. or yeah. something. Yeah. He's in, um... A noble Draconian noble. That, that, yeah. that should be a good one for Big Finish. Yeah. It's probably an audio book or a short trip, whatever they call I it. I think the mm. problem with using them now is that, well, I don't know, actually. I mean, people wouldn't necessarily, yeah, people wouldn't recognise them as the Russians <laughs> or what have you Silly anymore. It's just pick, pick a different enemy, yeah. <laughs> I think they can, they, they can function fairly well yeah. as a race because we've had the Big Finish paper cuts, which was a sixth Doctor story yeah. with I the Draconians. I'd, I'd like to actually see them oh, okay. back in the TV. TV series because I don't think they have to be associated directly with any particular Earth yeah. group. I mean, the, we we got the ritualistic honour and uh, stylized performance, mm-hmm. a la the Klingons, as yeah. they appeared in Next Gen. I I thought they were st- sometimes they started to border on a little bit problematic. They were. <laughs> bit cod yeah. Japanese yeah. sometimes and I don't know if you can get away with that now you'd update them but it, the least of the problems of back yeah. there, from back yeah. then yeah. Um, yeah, yeah you'd update them weren't they weren't yeah. they form part of them. the group that Alpha Centauri belonged to I can't remember if they appeared or were mentioned in either don't of the Pentagon stories no. I know they didn't appear. I couldn't tell you whether they were mentioned or not. Mm. Yeah, it feels like they should have been, really. Yeah. They have been mentioned in New Who at least yeah. a couple of times. I yeah. Think. In uh, Pandora Opens, I think they were mentioned. Yeah. It'd be good to get them back. Mm. The, the makeup isn't too bad. It looks nah. better mm. in still. Yeah. This is yeah. the first time I've seen them actually talking. You can really see the, that, the uh, joints. The, that's, yeah. Again, that is one of the drawbacks of the high-definition Blu-ray. You can see the edge of the mask but now their chin area is all yeah nowadays the actors with the, with the prosthetics the they can do mm. they could make them look absolutely gorgeous like oh, yeah, they yeah, have done yeah. with the um they would look ice great warriors the, yeah. the so kind of stuff yeah has anybody ever heard the term perishing panda before no what is the perishing panda <laughs> Well, it was all the peas, wasn't it? It was, yeah. He went for, he went all alliteration like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. A bit of a shame that that's the final, yeah. of the original master. Yeah. He doesn't really get a, an exit. He just a bit of action at the end. He just slips off. Yeah. yeah. Lives There's to no fight real another day or anything. Unfortunately, he just you can't you can't allow for real life. No. No. And again, that no. that was my favourite master, oh, the definitive totally. master. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it's the fact that Katie Manning talks about him so fondly. You know, oh, everybody it, does. Yeah, everybody well, completely. That you know, he's dragging her across course, landscape yeah. because she can't see a damn thing, and he has to make sure she doesn't trip over the rocks. <laughs> like when they were they were going down the slope into the quarry, and he's got a firm hold on her and is pushing her ahead because you know everything's blurry to her. <laughs> yes, I will protect yeah. you while I villainously whisk you away. Wah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I'm talking to Joe. I did like the fact that she'd managed to come up with this way of not being hypnotised. Exactly, putting nonsense in her head. head. Yeah, Yeah. what's it, uh, nursery rhymes and that. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that it seemed to impress him as well. Yeah, he got annoyed, but he was kind of proud. But yeah, he was impressed with it as well. Because she did the same thing with the the, the scary tone. She just kept telling herself, it's you, it's not real, it's you. And it worked. The yeah. character was very much supposed to be a clumsy, ditzy, blonde kind of character. But I think this story, amongst a few others, really did pull Joe's character out as actually being a very strong woman. She might not have been the most yep. academically smart person on the planet, 
But when it came yes. to practicalities, she you would want to yeah, yeah she learned learn very quickly. She, she was a, she made a very very good yeah. assistant or companion to the doctor. And she was a smart woman, not mm. book smart, but life she, smart. She always mm. comes across as very yeah. brave, or, even though you, she managed to always get that mix between excuse my friends being shit scared, but. Still being brave at the same time. Yeah. Well, to misquote both the Doctor and Ned Stark, you can't be brave yeah. unless you're afraid. Yeah. No, I think it's some good performance by, by Katie in this one. Yeah. Yep. Which is why I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> We'd cool. like to know what you thought of Frontier in Space. Mm. Do you know how, how you can tell us how? this? How? <laughs> I'm sure how? I don't. You can write to can us. They? Where? They can. Via show. At. Staggering. Stories. Dot. Net. <laughs> or, as we said before, leave us a note on our Facebook page. <laughs> Woohoo! She's stolen my line! <laughs> I did. I'll steal anything from you, woman. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. <laughs> Make well, you drink out of a sippy cup like the epistles had Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it, bovel? Were they sipping bovel? Or coke? It was tea. Before we go on to the feedback, someone is really lurking behind Adam and is looking more and more perturbed that we've ignored oh, him. Who's that? Oh. Well, I what think do you we mean, who's say that? hello who? to him. Yes. Right. One, two, three. Hello, hello Henry We can't see you, Terence, but hi to you as well. I'm sure you're up there yeah, in the corner. Yeah. 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 Do you right, stroke uh, him every like day? Fascist yeah. Spock, dangerous Churchill. Yeah, they're all about. How's, how's cardboard Clara? Oh, I don't know. I think she's run away. Oh, oh. With, oh. with cardboard Amy? No, 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 no. Oh, cardboard shame. Amy would never leave me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would t- like to just take this opportunity to point out something that over the past couple of days has been disturbing me deeply. Uh-oh. Okay. Is <laughs> this the know? mushroom thing? No, no, it's not the mushroom thing. Okay. On, on Facebook... On okay. Facebook, there has been a whole range of photos of gendered altered uh, stars. Oh, oh, yeah. It, it, it yeah. started with the original Trek crew and oh. has gone on to the Next Generation crew and uh, the Doctors. Firefly. Oh, the Doctors, okay. Uh, yeah, I've seen a set yeah, of the whole... Yeah, I saw one of Tennant. Yeah. Jodie Whittaker is a it's, very handsome it, man. Actually, actually Jodie Whittaker <laughs> reminds me a lot of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of really? weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so out of all of them, Tennant and Matt Smith look lovely, don't they? Also Baker. Do you know, and the, Peter Davison looks like a girl I went to school with, but yeah. she was a cow, so I'm not <laughs> going to mention her. But um, Sylvester and Pertwee, they, they just look like old men. But no, but, but no, uh, I have to correct that. Oh. The, the, they, they look like they should be in the pub on Coronation Street pulling oh, yeah. pints. Give us a pint, Betty Love. All right. <laughs> and... Okay. and I, I would like to say this is producing some rather disturbing thoughts. So could, please, couldn't we stop it? <laughs> I just want you to stop. As a, having as a tenant dragged dreams. up before now. Yes, that was actually one of his first acting oh, roles. Oh, Blackpool, with, was it? Uh, no, no, uh, Ralph Nesbitt. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he played a barmaid. Ah. Yeah. And also... I've seen a picture. I've never seen the episode. Speaking of people looking different, uh, Tennant and Wataka have oh. judged a uh, cosplay thing. On yeah, Late Late Yeah. And her yeah. hair is down to her... It's halfway down her arms, and she hasn't bothered with the um, the dye. And you've got, like, five inches of her natural colour coming through. She looks so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> has she not heard of scissors? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, just leave yeah. it when the time... Yes. Come fourth of July, the hairdressers can open again. God, I'm looking oh forward to it. Oh my God, they're going to be rolling oh, in the money. Mine well, is going uh, curly. It's so God, long. It's so cute. Look at that. Oh. Stop it. <laughs> like it used to be was well, years ago. Oh, well, you're beard boy now. Yeah, beardy weirdy. Yeah, beardy weirdy. And now for our. Reporter in the field. Ooh. Mm. That's very good. <laughs> Thank you, I just thought of that. Arm up a cow. Yep. Over to Crumbly. Hello and welcome once again to Crumbly's Corner. This is my lockdown bolt hole where I'll be formulating my thoughts and feedback until the staggering stories can all meet once again face to face. I'd like to share with you all my thoughts on Frontier in Space. Again, it was another parting of the ways episode, as it was the last episode to feature Delgado as the master, especially a master looking suave, debonair and sinister. From then, it was all downhill, and the next time we saw the master, he was down on his luck, dressed in rags, disfigured, and with eyes like two fried eggs, looking like he should have been slumped in an alleyway somewhere, muttering to himself while swigging away from a bottle of white spirits. With a Deadly Dudley soundtrack, Frontier in Space is very much an episode of political intrigue and machinations. It is also marked by the appearance of three races of baddie, the Draconians, former enemies of the human race but now existing in a sometimes uneasy peace, a bit like the Minbari in Babylon 5, the Ogrons, thuggish mercenaries who are a bit deficient in the brain's or original thinking departments, and their puppet masters, the Daleks, who appear towards the end of the uh, final episode, and the Master, <laughs> for all he's worth. Notable characters in these episodes include the Earth President, who is impaled on the horns of a political dilemma, trying to keep an uneasy peace with the uh, Draconian Empire, and also trying to placate her uh, Chief of Staff, the hawkish General Williams. Honestly, every time somebody mentions dr Draconians, his right eyelid starts twitching and he develops a nervous tick. His nemesis, the Draconians, only fare slightly better. I know their race is supposed to be a facsimile of the samurai of medieval Japan, but those shoulder pads are straight out of the 1980s. I noticed it a few times in finding terrestrial doorways too narrow for them, and they have to sort of turn slightly in order to get through them. What else? I know that big imposing concrete complex is supposed to be the presidential offices on Earth, but to me, it reminds me, with all its concrete walkways and bridges, of a housing estate where I used to live in South London. I always thought the Ogrons a bit too uh, mentally stunted to have any sort of superstitious belief system, but the brief glimpse of a creature that resembled a half-deflated pink weather balloon with a couple of eyes painted on it did make you uh, question whether it's some sort of deity they worshipped or a nightmare uh, creature that demanded their cringing fealty, judging by the actions I saw of them. All in all, a very good episode from the Pertwee era. Now, on to Blake 7. I know we discussed the general premise in the uh, previous episode, but the episode Warship gave us an opportunity to delve into the work that the original cast did for Big Finish. I do believe this was recorded in 2013, so it was very pleasing to hear the original members of the cast engaging in some new uh, adventures. The only original cast members not being able to make it onto the new adventures were David Jackson as Oleg Gan and Peter Tuddenham as the uh, voices of Zen and Orak. 
Basically, the crew of the Liberator and the Federation have to strike an uneasy alliance in order to repel an alien fleet uh, from encroaching into Federation space. It was good to hear the original cast falling back into their old role so easily, especially Michael Keating as Villa. For him getting back into the role took very little doing. As for Paul Darrow, it seemed like being cold, cynical and calculating was second nature to him. Even though Peter Tuddenham no longer performs the roles of Zen and Orak, Alistair Locke did a very commendable role as the stoic and emotionless Zen and the tetchy Orak. Even though Gareth Thomas, Paul Darrow, David Jackson, Jacqueline Pierce, and Peter Tuddenham are all sadly no longer with us, the TV series and the ensuing Big Finish audio productions of Blake 7 will stand as testimony to a very original BBC TV series and the people who performed in them. Well, that was a load of rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he had some very salient points, actually. That's yeah. men, men sticking together. That's what that is. Men yeah, sticking no, he's together. He always makes good points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than we are. <laughs> pertinent, I think the word term is pertinent. All right, Crumbly, you're it's an angel. It's a boys' angel. club, isn't it? It's a boys' club. <laughs> right, chapos. Chapos? Chapos. <laughs> okay. This is usually the point where we read out your feedback mm. brilliantly. With our best, yeah. our best reading P- and our best speaking, our English. best pronunciation. Yeah. And you've even stopped pulling people up on their um, grammar as well. And yeah. some grammar. punctuation, yeah. But have you written to us this week? Have you, Eckers-like? <laughs> so we would cry to ourselves. We would Boo-hoo. actually cry Boo-hoo. if it wasn't for Tim. Tim. Hey, who Tim. has sent us some audio feedback. Take it away. Tim. Hello, Staggerers. Hello, Head of Pertwee. Hello, various members of the Menagerie. Tim from Tim's Take On here. It's now, what, 13 weeks into Lockdown UK, as I keep saying on my podcast. I keep counting them up and I keep having to check how many weeks in we are. They reopened some shops around here in Cambridge yesterday. Uh, I didn't go. The local paper put a live video on uh, Facebook of how ridiculously long the queue was for Primark, and I was going... For Primark? Have you seen what Primark sell? Uh, I have been watching so many films recently. It got to a point where I was actually in danger of running out of unwatched Blu-rays, and then various discussions kick off online, so I end up buying Harvey, starring James Stewart, one of my favourite actors of classic cinema, and then more recently, Dominic Sandbrook's excellent programme about the history of science fiction on BBC4 was having a late-night repeat. He did a whole episode about alien invasions, and, ooh, Village of the Damned and Alien Invasion the movie just sort of fell into my shopping cart on Amazon. And yesterday I watched Village of the Damned, and it's still wonderfully creepy after all of these years, with the little blonde-haired kids speaking so wonderfully calmly. You will leave us alone. You will leave us alone. Ow. Anyway, this is meant to be some kind of feedback, isn't it? Yeah. Hand of Fear. have watched that relatively recently because I've been working my way through the um, season 14 box set, although I've watched all of it so recently for my podcast that only really Deadly Assassin have I watched um, properly. I've been watching all the others with the commentary. It's not necessarily the best story of the Tom Baker era, but it is so wonderfully watchable for a lot of the reasons you detailed, like a quarry starring as a quarry for a change. Eldrad must live. (laughs) Has to mention every single review of this story because it just does come up so many times. And yet it is 
amazing that they allow them to film in an actual nuclear power plant, but it, go, it gives that story this epic sense of um, scale. I've got a pen handy. I had to make notes. I'm recording this at about quarter to eight in the morning, and I thought I'd better make notes and keep track of things. Hand of fear. Done. Blake 7. Oh, I've watched this so many times. Not not necessarily anywhere near as many times as other shows where they're shorter, like Red Dwarf, but quite a few over the years. I seem to remember it went out at about ten past eight or something in the 70s, maybe earlier. So I was about um, seven years old when the first series aired, and a lot of it must have gone incredibly over my head. And I still remember to this day it being very dramatic, that um, final scene where everybody died. Or did they? Because according to Terry Nation, Avon survived, and possibly Villa, and uh, there could have been a whole spin-off series with Avon and Villa. Oh, what, what else should I mention recently? I've been doing some room archaeology. I managed to clear a corner of my room entirely, and, well, I, almost entirely, and it's finally seen a hoover after goodness knows how many years, and hiding in that corner as if it was waiting for me, was a radio-controlled robot from Robot Wars. And slap-bang next to it was a massive contrast, was a large tin containing every postcard I bought as a child, because I've always been a massive postcard collector. It's, it's amazing how it took me about three months into lockdown, and I, yeah, I should finally c- c- tackle some of this clutter, and I'm just staring more of it now, and it will just be an ongoing project, and I'm furloughed until the end of July, and so I'm determined to achieve things. Talking of achieving things, I did an animation. I should probably put a link to it in the email for this uh, feedback. Anyway, Blake7. I highly recommend, if you can get hold of it, getting hold of um, Neil and Sue Perryman's book, uh, Adventures with the Wife and Blake. You two can witness Sue Perryman drooling over um, Paul Darrow. I mean, me, I was more of a Villa fan, and I actually got to interview Michael Keating at Hooverville, and I think I was a little bit starstruck that day to say the least. Uh, update, he's no longer the vicar in EastEnders, but he was my favourite character in, in uh, Blake 7. And the story he tells about even getting that part in EastEnders is, it's as if he just sort of bumped into the right person. Um, yes, daytime television. It's one of the things that uh, unites us as a family, that uh, every lunchtime we sit down and watch Bargain Hunt, and we have watched that show since it started. And normally, it's one of those shows I only see if I'm ill or if I've got time off work. And at the moment, it's like a sort of way of life. Me and my dad and my brother gather to watch Bargain Hunt at lunchtime. And sometimes dad even gets out a piece of paper and makes notes and goes, Ah, now, when they were going round, the expert said this about this object. And then when they got to the auction, the auctioneer said this. But it only got this. Uh, somehow it does show that he's a retired engineer and is a little bit obsessed with numbers. Uh, yes, evening television. Well, box sets for one thing. I'm currently working my way through various things, trying to clear room in my room. And I finished off recently the box set of Star Wars droids. Um, it's kind of bargain basement Star Wars. Come somewhat cheaply produced animation. And unfortunately, the way they've done the DVD box set is they've joined everything together on it. And so it's like, oh, here's two stories of feature length. No, here's about four episodes joined together. And only the first one is the title we put on the DVD. So you have to find like about 80 minutes to watch each thing. And I'm currently 
halfway through watching Star Wars Ewoks animation, nowhere near as good as droids. Anyway, this is going on a bit. Let's get to evening TV. Even though I am meant to be having a Zoom call uh, with my friends from the pub, and I am having a Zoom call with my friends from the pub on Wednesday evenings, it does rather clash with Repair Shop and Sewing Bee. And so Repair Shop and Sewing Bee are always on in the background and inspiring conversation. And I'll go, oh, what is it they're repairing this week? Oh, it's an old harmonium. Oh, it's an old bicycle. Oh, oh, look, it's 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 a cuckoo clock or something like that. And it's just fascinating to see these things taken from sort of broken down to repaired form. That's another one ticked. I think that's everything. Yeah, that's probably everything. Apart from that, doing a lot of cycling, getting out on my bike a lot, bought a GoPro, shooting a lot of cycling videos. So I uh, hope you're all well, and hopefully the next feedback I send you won't be quite so rambly. Bye for now. Thanks for that, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Yes, Tim. Yeah. Always good to hear from you. Boobab, boobab. I really hope you haven't said something really inappropriate <laughs> that's made us sound like total gits. <laughs> Lead us out now, Crumbly. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Ah, but never fear, in the next one there'll be more of the same. More fun frivolity and jollity, more news and reviews, more who old and new. So until that F for Frontier comes frightening, fawning, frowning, comes flatulently frisking frumpily towards us, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Farewell. Goodbye. Au revoir. No, bye-bye. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 344, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fake Keith, Gene Riddler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speakers and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this has been an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. I don't, they don't need to see me. I can see their ugly faces. Well, why should they not see your <laughs> ugly face? That's just an, on an anonymity. An anonymity. Yeah. You, yeah. You're very blurred. Hang on. You're part of the Hang on. There you go. Unblurred. Oh, unblurred. No, background. no, no. I, I like that so I can blur in. No, I've, I think that was unblur the background. Loom out are. of the shadows. You are not the head of Pertwee. No. Why can't Andy have Wi-Fi like everybody else in the world i have no idea uh. he's such an old fart <laughs> <laughs> what does he do for a living chigolo isn't it that's it yeah and it was some sort of hussy but even yeah. even my parents have got wi-fi yeah because <laughs> because mum joins in the evening story time perhaps he's a spy a spy yeah, maybe he might be a spy so he can't have any sort of social media presence that people could use <laughs> against his country whatever his country is bear <laughs> mm. mm. me a second oh god she's going to get props fan dance doesn't come across well on audio. No, <laughs> no, no, it's because I can't do this without looking at something. How about... Gotta <laughs> <laughs> get me in the mood. <laughs> how, it's how, how are you blurring that? <laughs> it's just the background. <laughs> that's, whoa. No, that's just your eyes. Oh, is it? Oh, OK. Right. So how... you want us to talk about your pussy? <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you really got into that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> a bit too much. <laughs>
Okay. No, if I social bubble with you, I am allowed to to touch you. I've gone overall peculiar. Can I touch Jean? You can touch Jean. Would you like to lick Jean? Let's see if Jean can keep up this time. You that lagged behind. No, I didn't. I'd like to say... But this is the whole point of Avenue 5. This is what caused the disaster on Avenue 5. This is true. The lag. She's so always behind. Liz. Shut up, woman. <laughs> so She's being rude to me. <laughs> she is. She's being rude to me. We haven't seen each other for months. And she's rude. What? You're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, but I still can't, can't get away can't, from you, even though I'm 87 miles away. Excuse me. Eighty-seven. She thinks London's eighty-seven miles from Crawley. She's a total, total thing. Can I point out? Can I point yes, out dear. that we're going to relax the uh, uh, quarantine? We have the bubble, so she could drive around here, get out of her car, punch you, get back in her car, and drive off again. Yeah, as long as I can make it home by night. Yeah, that would be harsh. Yes. <laughs> we should be sensible now. Yes. Oh, like hell you will. <laughs> she did that very well, I thought. She did. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I just shut my eyes and didn't look at you. <laughs> it's the first. Adam, just a, just a sec. I, I had a, a sex joke to follow Jean's immediate. Um, yeah. Go on. But you do that as well when we're having sex. <laughs> I'm sorry, it sounded better in my head. <laughs> you weren't going to tell the world about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Keith, he's oh. left out. <laughs>